tuning in to the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! Hey there, sleepyheads! Welcome back to the Sleepy Hollow After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, talking about Season 2, Episode 13. Uh, I, it's called Petura Infamante. I am Matt Lieberman. Uh, back this week, uh, and joining me as always, Jackie Borowski's here. Holla. And Zach Wilson's here. Hey, guys. Stephen Lemieux, unfortunately, uh, out of town. There's uh, someone close to him has passed recently. Uh, if you want, please send him some love on Twitter. Let him know that you miss him we miss him dearly he should be back next week uh so this episode i wasn't here to cover the last episode and you guys did an amazing job uh this episode was actually like kind of like solid like not like really good but there was nothing wrong with it no here's well here's my take on it, it this episode was, i thought was i would say it was very good hmm. with one key exception I don't like what like with the exception of the Katrina Ichabod relationship this was a great episode if not for that one plot line great I wrote because as I was watching the episode the only thing I wrote was Cranes are boring. Like, That's legitimately <laughs> what I was what I was going to say after he was done. Everything else is interesting, mm-hmm. and you guys, I totally we were totally on the same page. Everything else in this episode was totally interesting, except for them. You're like they have like sub zero chemistry. Yeah. They have negative 120 degree Fahrenheit chemistry, and it's so bonkers to me because I feel like every time I watch this show, they're giving Katrina more to do. They're humanizing her a little more they're making their relationship more complex now they're giving her flashbacks and i'm just sort of like at what point will all this stuff ever amount to me caring whether or not they get back together and like each other and love each other you know what i think part of it is when you're watching them they don't have the kind of like wicked banter that abby and ichabod have going forth and there's none of that um it's just kind of like it's like watching two people who have been it is like watching two people who have been married for a long time and they're just kind of like putzing around their house and like pouring tea and stuff. And I no one see, wants to see that. No. It's, it, honestly, it, it's in the writing to me. It, they, it feels like they're playing it safe. Like this feels like they're protecting Ichabod. Like, cause the worst that's happening, like she betrays him multiple times. Like yeah. she's like potentially going over to Moloch's side and like she's softening on Moloch and his horsemen. And the worst that happens is they're like, I think we need some time apart to really think about ourselves. Yeah. Like, like hurt him. Hurt Ichabod because he can handle it. Like, like, the actors here are good enough that they can handle it. Give them something intense to work with. Well, the problem is it's... And I don't want to say all broadcast shows are this soft with relationships. But being on broadcast, maybe the 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 thought of whether or not to really take it somewhere drastic is scary because it's largely sadly become a procedural this season it feels very procedural i i I apologize one one moment can you tell the folks outside to keep it down please 
It's just a little Thank troublesome. You. Thank what, you. What's interesting is uh, a couple of fans sent me articles on Sleepy Hollow and what's wrong with it. And the the creators of Sleepy Hollow are saying that, or not so much the creators, the showrunners, show um, are saying that, well, last season, or this show has become too serialized, so we need to make it like lighter and more like more Monster of the Week. And you're like, no, that's what's wrong too, with it. Too Nobody? serialized? Yeah. There's no such thing as too serialized. The only show that I would call too serialized is maybe Lost, and yeah. Lost was great. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. It's most of the time. Like, have faith that your audience is going to <clears throat> like you, to love your show enough to come back every week. Mm-hmm. Give them that faith. Like, you yeah, should have to see every episode. Yeah. <laughs> we live in an age where binge-watching has is quickly becoming the norm. It's easy to catch up. It's If you miss a week, you could just watch both. Like, Yeah, you, watch it on Hulu. It's easy. It's real easy. It Especially really when is. you take random weeks off like a week ago. Oh, brother. I don't know anybody, aside, like, unless you're a sitcom, I don't know anybody who wants to jump into uh, an hour drama production or an hour um, genre show and then be not care that they haven't caught up. I don't know anybody. It, like tweet tweet us and like let us know. The only one I could think of is maybe SVU, but even then I feel like I have like this weird thing. I can't start that show because I feel like I don't know the people. I don't want to just jump in. Yeah. I want to know these characters. But, but Law and Order is a different. Law and Order is like the definition of a procedural. Yes. Like it exists to be a procedural. And the serialized elements are there to like give you a little bit more to care about. Mm. But Sleepy Hollow was never meant to be that. Was supposed no. to be a serialized show. It's about a war going on between like the, the the like Purgatory and Earth, like the Witnesses and Moloch. That's not a procedural. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, and let's just let's jump into this like story of the week, which actually I liked a lot. The like idea the of this I- curse yeah. painting. I like it, that idea. It felt very old school. The like, effects were awesome. Mm-hmm. Just awesome. Very well done. Uh, they built the suspense nicely. I, you know, look, their scenes together maybe weren't great, but I love the premise of you know what. Mr. and Mrs. Ichabod Crane are going on their first date in 200 years. That, to me, is, regardless of how we feel about Katrina, that's a good idea. It's a good idea for an episode. It is, but watching them together was so painfully boring. Even the scene where you see them, like, touch each other on their Mm -hmm. back, you're like... That even was boring. You know, where that should have been a moment, like if you had these two actors building up to this point, that should have been a moment of real electricity. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it just lacks that. And then it seems such a weird void when you don't have Abby in the in the A storyline because she kind of gives it that like spark. Did you guys not like at all the moment where uh, Abby drops the thing about Betsy Ross and then she comes in in that yes. knockout dress? That was great. And then like the moment between it, Katrina and Ichabod, that was a great moment between them. Where she's like, what's that about Betsy Ross? And he's like, uh, blah, 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 dress. Yeah, that was fun. And at that moment, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good episode. And then I'm not but- really, well, I-, I liked the fact that I, I don't think I'm really on you guys with the whole, like, oh, my gosh, she's wearing a modern dress. Yay. Woo. I was just like, oh, she got real slutty real fast. 
Um, well, that's okay, but that's you judging. I'm sorry. Just because she wants to look nice and she's wearing the kind of dress that she could not wear back in the day does not mean she got real slutty. She is trying to win back over her husband, okay? You pull out all the stops and maybe take off your underwear. Well, here's why I think their storyline felt weak, though, because I don't know if she is trying to win Ichabod back. Interesting. Continue. Like, I, but I I legitimately don't know where they are right now. Like they we had that like little several months of like a jump or was it weeks? Like whatever it was. 6 weeks. 6 weeks. We had 6 weeks of a jump forward and they were like estranged and all that. But like last episode, I didn't really get the sense that they were like desperate to work it out. Like Ichabod maybe, but not so that's much. That's because I I feel that's the writing and the characters where you're like I don't even think the writers care about these characters. Well, but that's what I mean. Like their their relationship is just a little soft right now. Like mm-hmm. it's not. They need to give them something extreme. Like either she needs to go full evil mm-hmm. to where Ichabod has to deal with the fact that he loves this woman, but she is evil, or she has to like truly go back to him. But then he does like something more dynamic than well we kind of like we like we love each other but it feels a little weird. Here's the thing: audiences hate wheel spinning, and that's what a lot of this season has felt like. Yeah. In regards to Moloch, in regards to the relationship with Jeremy, which just never took off, failure to launch entirely, and especially. Katrina, specifically because we know as an audience that it will not last. Yes. We can't invest in a relationship that we know is finite. Yeah. It's 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 a key problem. So when we have all these episodes where they're trying to repair their relationship, we're going to be bored no matter what you feed us, simply because we know that there's no point in investing because they're yes. going to break up anyway. Yes. Well so said. why not do it? Earlier, Why not do it during that mid-season finale? Why not do it last episode when he was reaming her out for, like, I haven't seen you in forever and the first thing you do is manipulate me? Like, that would have been a perfect opportunity to be like, you know what? I love you, Katrina, but I can't do this anymore. Out. And then figure out an interesting way to have Abby, who doesn't trust Katrina, have her and Katrina mend fences without Ichabod involved. Find a way to make their chemistry interesting because at this point, as producers, you should know that the Ikatrina chemistry is just a non-starter. <laughs> See, now that's an interesting storyline. If like Ichabod and Katrina are like just they can't speak to each other, they're yeah. so mad at each other they can't speak. But if we've got spent enough time with the three of them together, that Abby is like Abby and Katrina sort of have like a weird rapport. And so now Abby's Which, in let, let's just be between. clear, they don't yet. They don't, they don't, they don't. Yeah. But if they did, and so she has to, like, but they, she needs both of them to solve whatever random right. craziness is going on. Jackie, did you at least admit that last week Katrina's powers have reached, like, a new level of, I mean, ultimately no, I doing nothing but very visual? Uh, <laughs> this week, actually, I mean... I, uh, last week, I, I'm not sure what you're trying to say. You mean last week? She like she like anything. did that whole seal of protection on the on the room, and she it was thinking really, about re- yeah. removing the the soul from. But the... it didn't really matter because okay, she fine. let headless go. Uh, um, listen, so, listener Techno Griffin thinks that Ichabod and Katrina will wind up together in the end. He just but the but I think the writers are going to drag it out. Hmm. That's just that's going to kill the show. It's because if you have characters with no chemistry, and it's it's interesting because um, 
there have been there have been shows where they realize these two actors are just not working, so we'll kill this character off. You have to suck it up and do that. You have to realize you you cast two actors who just don't do it for the audience. Yeah, but they like dressing her up in all them pretty yeah. clothes. At, uh, it's true. It's very <laughs> to be honest, you have a whole bunch of other very attractive women on the show that I you I would could like to see up. them all in that dress. Let's put them all in the dress. I'm not saying that that's the only one I want to see in the dress, but I'd you like seeing someone in the dress. You ball where everyone's wearing a, a purgatory dress. prom? A purgatory prom. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eric Olin on Twitter uh, says in response to you, Jackie, that he would not want to jump into agency of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think talking about jumping into a series that's serialized yes. midstream. Yes, that is yeah. most certainly one that you can't. And that's uh, what's interesting with that, with Marvel in itself, is they've they've built a world where you have to know extra like outside things, which which actually, that gives a show longevity. Like Sleepy Hollow, the fact that they started doing comic books, you, you think that they would think that, okay, if we're trying to get people to invest in, in storylines outside of the show mm-hmm. by, by doing uh, a comic book storyline, that, that we would realize that this is a serialized If we're show. building an extended universe, uh, yeah. obviously people want to live in it in a real way. Yeah, right. but they didn't use the comics that way. They didn't use it in a true transmedia sense. They're just like extra stories. It's like a script that they just didn't use kind of thing. Boo! Like, you have an opportunity there to... In, instead of just doing like another Ichabod Abbey adventure, mm-hmm. give us... Pass! Uh, you can give, give us the pass. Give us core... Like, Corbin, Sheriff Corbin, yeah. like in the past, doing yeah. some Sleepy Hollow detective work. Give us I a reason. Give us a reason to care about Holly. Give us Holly <laughs> yeah. on a solo mission or a backstory that like informs his character, and we see his like broken home that he comes from. You know what the perfect thing would have been? Give us Holly on the adventure where he found these platinum bullets. Yes. Yeah. I want to know what that was. That was probably a cool story. Yes. Give us Holly the first time that he and Jenny met, and let's understand that romance a little bit and why we should give a give a crap. But you know what? A lot of this could be addressed on the show. I know, but they won't because there's not time because they're too busy. They're too busy trying to get us to care about this dumb marriage <laughs> that no one likes. I feel like such a ner- I feel like such a such a nerd. Look. If I was in the writer's room of Sleepy Hollow right now, I would be so mad at us for harping on this relationship. I would be so mad because they're putting, they obviously care about the show. They're putting work into it. They want it to be the best thing that it can be. The decisions that are being made, they think they're the best decisions for the show. And we think that we know better. The problem is, in this one respect, we do. Well, we're the audience. The audience are your customers. The customers know better than you because you have a wide audience that's tuning out to the show. And we're an eager audience. We want the show. We want the show that we fell in love with. The thing is, the effects on this show, watching this episode... There aren't... Like, even with Grimm, there aren't a lot of TV effects where they're this cool. Yes, I would agree. I mean... That hanged man, when they came in and saw it, was, like, so beautifully staged. I mean, it was, like, Hannibal. Yeah, and the painting, and, like, Ichabod being sucked into the painting and fighting his way out. And I just love, I love the changes to the painting. Like, when he turns around and has the creepy face in the painting. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, those moments, to me, those are really cool. And when they have them melding into the painting and coming out of the painting, I'm like, these these are things that genre fans tune in for. We want to see the really super cool special effects. Um... 
I did notice though that when um, when the the one guy who I guess is like the head curator or whatever, the gray haired guy, yeah. I forgot his name. He gets he gets stuck in the painting. Katrina was in that room, and then Ichabod comes in and he's like, "Oh no, he's stuck in the painting." But I'm like, Katrina, you were standing there. Why did you not say something? Because she's busy having flashbacks of her best friend Abigail Adams, played by Michelle Trachtenberg. Okay. Great to see her. This is this is one of my Jackie asides. So the year is 1781 or 1782 that they're mm-hmm. flashing back to. I think it's 1781. Um, Abigail Adams in 1781 was in her late 30s. How old does Michelle Trachtenberg look to you? About 12. I'm sorry, but the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, why is she 12? It was just one of those weird See, I casting don't, things. I don't think she looks like she's 12. To me, she looked she looked fine for the part. Maybe a little on the young side. It was one of those things where it's... I mean, you should be happy if you have a young face, because you'll be working for a long time. And it's like, she, she might be almost 30, but she's still going to be playing... She still should be playing those teenage characters, because as Abigail Adams for me, I was like... It, it read as a weird, gossipy teenager, hmm. especially when she was, like, chatting with Katrina about, like, oh, your son's going to be a monster, which was an interesting foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt, I was like, it, this just seems, like, oddly juvenile. I'm just going to throw this out there. I would watch a, a Harriet the Spy reboot, where now yeah. she's got a young spy yes. who's, like, her daughter or cousin or something. <laughs> I, you know, um, the only part that disappointed me about the whole Michelle Trachtenberg plotline was I thought she was going to stick around uh, for a while. Like, just because she's a good actress, she's a well-known actress. I thought we were on the dawn of a new era of Sleepy Hollow. I want to... Here's what I hope with that scene, is that... Um, in addition to like having her sticking around, we love the flashbacks, which have been sorely missing for the most part this season. We mm-hmm. had the Weeping Lady, but and um, uh, and Benjamin Franklin at the beginning of the season and uh, Frankenstein. But for the most part, it's like there were so many. It felt like there were so many more flashbacks last season, and a lot of the reason we turn in tune into the show is to see the flashbacks, um, to see how the past relates to the present, and. Katrina get has that still has that letter or whatever that was hidden in Abigail Adams' desk. I just hope that comes into play light, later, and it's not just going to be another one of their like weird throwaway things where they're like, "Oh, that was a one shot episode, and we didn't pay attention to that anymore." Franklin Stein. Mm-hmm. Bring back Franklin. Bring back Franklin Stein. Please. I, I feel like I'm gonna have to put the I'm gonna have to put my own self in the pun jar, and you guys missed it, and I'm disappointed in the both oh, of you. Go ahead, because I made a dawn joke about Michelle Trachtenberg. Uh, let's just call it forty bucks. Can we call it forty bucks? No, we're not that high yet. No. We're, we were at thirty seven dollars after the end of last episode. Sorry, I got so ahead of myself. We're thirty seven fifty now. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the, before Don was the worst character. Before we no. move on, <laughs> folks, I gotta do the thing. The thing that we do here, don't you dare skip ahead, because it's entertaining as well as informative. You know, folks, the best way that you can support AfterBuzz TV is to go to iTunes, rate and review the show that you listen to or that you watch on YouTube. It is quick, it is easy, and it helps us out oh so much. We here at AfterBuzz TV put out over 80 hours of free after-show content a week. It is the widest array of television after-show content on any platform anywhere in the world. That is a true fact. One that 
I will stand behind till the end of time. We're really proud of it. It's a big undertaking. We are working all the time to give you the best possible after show content that we possibly can. And your reviews on iTunes, your ratings on iTunes help us get the sponsors that keep our doors open and our lights on. It's how people find us and trust that our content is worth investing in. And uh, I don't know if you guys read these reviews last week. But I'm going to read them anyway. I'm going to give some shout-outs. Leslie A90, best discovery ever. You- Five stars. What? Yeah, I, I, guys, I just, I'm looking at the, the, the ratings. And we have... Do you know what number we hit? Yes. 200. We have 200 ratings. Yay! 200 ratings on iTunes. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, like a five-star average. Yeah, we yes. have 185 yes. five-star five star reviews. That's pretty Thank impressive. You guys. That's wonderful. Uh, keep them coming. You get a shout-out here on the show. Leslie A90 writes, During this hiatus, I had been suffering from Sleepy Hollow withdrawal, and because of this, I stumbled across your show, and I'm now in love with it. Your team is very enthusiastic and passionate. Your theories and insights are well-developed, and I love having you all to geek out with now over my favorite TV shows. I look forward to listening to this show and your thoughts slash tweets on its development. Uh, and great hosts and posts from Court zero six two four five stars i love listening to your show i love the whole AfterBuzz tv setup keep up the good work do i get a shout out now yes, yes you, you do, do. <laughs> <laughs> all right born guy says that matt is really the best at doing the itunes thing he is the only one who can make it sound interesting oh. <laughs> I, I just saw someone write willow would kick katrina's butt Yes, yes, that's yes true. she could. Yes, she could kick true. her. You can make you can make witches seem interesting. I think the one thing, the one choice. I don't know if it's a choice or if it's that actress's voice, but Katia Winter always speaks in this like bizarre stage whisper. Chirpy, like it's like it's. Um, <laughs> It's like it's like everything is an aside. A, I pack, mean, a pack of tarot cards. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Where did you ever find tarot cards? cards? Why so did you ever find tarot cards after someone left them in our parlor? And I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 that was my favorite part of the two of them together. Was just sort of like, look, if you didn't want me going through your witch stuff, maybe you don't leave it lying around. And that stuff is fun. We need, like, if they're going to be together, we need to see more of that. Their relationship fun, please. Like, it either has to be fun or destructive. Anything in the yes. middle is boring. Yeah, because it's boring. I mean, the reason that people respond to the uh, Ichabod Abbey pairing is that it's fun. They have this kind of, like, witty banter. They're from different worlds. Um, and yet they're pulled together. But Somehow, inextricably. Ugh. I do love the asides that Abby was making in this whole episode, basically rolling her eyes at Katrina. She's mm-hmm. been rolling, like, her eyes should have rolled out of her head by now because poor Nicole Bahari has to play this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I still can't believe they're trying this line. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like basically playing second fiddle to this wispy British willow, and she is not willow. Do you know what I mean? A wispy she's... British willow, like the actual like willow that w- moves in the breeze. Well, Aww. I mean, and they've let her play second fiddle to the A story too. It's like yeah. she has to come. Like she, a couple times now, has come in at the end end of the episode and just saved the cranes. Yeah, and it's like the save the cranes storyline. It's getting old. She can tell me the truth. There. Is well, who's who's first in the opening credits? Is it Tom Mysen or Nicole Bahari? I don't know. I think it's Nicole Bahari. 
That's <laughs> what I. Quick and I, mean, I mean, it might was, be Tom Meisen. She was but, a film actress first, right? So but here's the thing: it's just like she had more credits than anyone else on the show. She's the star of the show. She's the main character. She's the audience. We introduce the show with her. She is the audience, so she should be <laughs> in front and center the whole time. She's also the best actor on the show. That's like true. as much as I love Tom Meisen, she is the best actor yeah. on the show. That's true. Let's give her some stuff to do. Now, having said that, she does get some stuff to do this episode in the return of one Mr. Frank Irving. This is an interesting plotline, too, because the first thing I was worried about was that when you when they were saying that no one knows that he's dead except for except for like Ichabod, Katrina, etc., I was like, did they not tell his family? And then she mentions later on that they told the family, but I'm like... Wouldn't the family put out like some sort of obituary because he was an officer or he was um He was also an escaped cop killer and he died in a supernatural thing. There's no way to prove that he's dead. There's no body. There's like a lot of things around that. And also from the dis- this the discussion she had with Cynthia, it seems like she also explained everything regarding the supernatural stuff to yeah. her so she understands why. Yeah. Yeah. But I get your point. Yeah. I was I mean, I'm I am glad they brought Cynthia in because this whole time, you know, you feel like, okay, well, what happens to his family now? Mm-hmm. Um, Macy grows up without a father. <laughs> but this is, like, this is the most interesting line. They're trying to bring him in like like, An- like Andy. Yeah. Zombie well, Andy. Yeah, well, I, what I love most about it is it really is a stark internal conflict for Abby and for Jenny, really more for Abby, of just, like, I want to trust you, but I can't. Right. There's... There's no, I cannot think of any good reason why you're back right now, and it, I'm suspicious, and I'm sorry, but I can't trust you. I do like that stuff between Abby and Jenny in this episode. Mm-hmm. They, the, they work really well as sisters. As an when you're an audience member and you're watching it, you're like, these two are so funny together. Yeah. How about these two get an A story together, maybe more than once a season, huh? Mark Goffman. <laughs> I loved I loved it when she's I loved it when she's on the phone with her and she's like digging through the body. I was like this is priceless. And Jenny, if he, she was digging, she should have known to bring gloves. I mean, it was so gross. I was like, why doesn't she have gloves? At the very least like a pair of gardening gloves, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, some Something. basic. Right. And you always leave one magic bullet in the zombie. <laughs> always leave one. I mean, you figure it's dead. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got shot with the Get parts of the gates of hell. Yeah, but a zombie was already dead before you shot it. I like though. I like how Abby says, "Is there any way we can corroborate that the fact that it's from the gates of hell?" Yeah. <laughs> See, this is great banter, and this is part of why I liked the episode. Like, despite the fact that Abby and Ichabod got separated for the for the bulk of the episode again, but like. Abby's off doing like some good detective work. Like she's doing her thing. She's dealing with this with Frank Irving being back and like p- potentially really bad. And like, is this really him? Is it really him? Does he have a soul? Mm-hmm. Like, if Henry is good now, does, well, like, like, does killing Locke make him good? Like, I hope that comes into play because it's like. We're very. It's very iffy as to like what's happening with Frank's soul, and it, and they just kind of let Henry go off, and nobody cares. Well, Henry died, right? Henry died. When you use that sword, it takes your soul. But Moloch had his soul, no? Yeah. 
I thought he. I, don't know. I thought he was John like Noble. Supernatural. John Noble is still in the opening credits. I thought from that finale that he must be done for, but apparently that's not the case. Apparently, I guess we'll see him again at some point. What are the folks in the chat saying? Um, well, they're they're clearing up. Tom Meissen does have first billing. Okay. Well. Wow. Um, well, shoot. Because he's so, a bully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, jo- Jolly uh, Jolly. Okay. Uh, says Ab. Uh, where to go? Abby has to oh, be no. the one in control. Yeah, I was. I actually was reading the wrong comment. Born guy said Jenny doesn't need gloves. She's too badass for gloves. <laughs> You're absolutely that's right. A good, that's yeah, absolutely a good explanation. Right. I like that. Um, and they want to see Thaddeus J. Spider as a bad guy on <laughs> Amy Gonzalez wants Thaddeus J. Spider. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. Did that we w- have a big spider at some point? I don't or think am we've... I just grafting my memories of Harry Potter? Yeah, I don't, think we've, I don't think we've had a big spider yet. I don't think we've had a spider villain. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'd watch it. i ship it. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you shipping it with? Oh, I just say that a lot now. I just think it's funny. Yeah. It's weird. Um, no, what I like it's most... Katrina. Yeah. Well, <sighs> Frank and Jenny, I want them together, right? I want them together so bad. And I was really excited at at Jenny's reaction to Frank being alive. Yes. I loved the moment that they had where she she saw him and she looked into his heart and she knew that there was nothing yes. bad that he could yes. possibly do. And I think she's going to go against Abby. Yeah. She's going to go against her and all of her stern warnings and free Frank. She's going to free him and she's going to discover that he actually does have a dark heart. Well, the thing is, he might be exonerated. I mean, there is, there yeah. is DA some kind evidence. of evidence. And see, then part of me has the same reaction that Abby does, where you're like, is it evil evidence? Like, evidence that, like. It seems pretty convenient. I, the bad guy is planted. I mean, who do we know that has some lawyer background that might have some. <laughs> that, that is technically his lawyer. And could exonerate That's him. True. Who? Who are you talking about? <laughs> who are you talking Henry, about? Henry. Oh, oh, Henry. Yeah, that is who you're talking about. Yeah, Henry. Maybe, I mean, that's that's a great. That's that'd be a, a, a surprising way to bring him back in. They like go to court, like he's going to have a trial, and then the lawyer walks in, mm-hmm. and it's just Henry. He's just there, and they're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Ah, that's and then true. The Storyline can be Katrina gets to re-raise Henry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, God, it just, you know, like, I'm, I'm not against liberating Abraham's soul from the Headless Horseman. I'm not against it, because then she, he and Katrina can just go off and be together. They have good chemistry. They have great chemistry, yes. and they can just come back twice a year, and that that's fine. Let them be like our vacation friends. Yes. Let them be our big bads. Oh, you want evil? You want evil, Katrina? I, I think that's a I great that storyline. Like a husband and wife on two sides of a war between yes. evil and good. That's crazy good. Yes. That's really good. And rich. Like, and they have good ke- like then you have two sets of people with good chemistry go to war with each other. Yes. Mhm. That's a show it I want to watch. Yeah. I want to I want to watch that too. Can can I ask you what what is going on with the apocalypse now that Moloch is gone? Moloch's not dead, right? I mean that's impossible. Isn't it? Maybe he's just reborn as a baby in uh, purgatory, and he's regrowing up there again. It it can't be that he's really dead, because the prophecy says that there's seven years of tribulations. tribulations. 
so that like that's why that episode was so frustrating because it it flew in the face of exactly what we'd been set up with and so either there's there's only two ways out of that either the prophecy was wrong which is like don't give us a prophecy if it's gonna be wrong because it's what put our characters into this whole thing in the first place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or moloch's not dead and it was just a fake out which i hate those i hate when characters are dead with a fake out or i mean you mean like what happened to irving yeah, <laughs> yeah. you mean that you mean that yeah you mean yeah. what's probably gonna wind up happening with jeremy <laughs> well I, he was we didn't see him die it's just like it's a theory that he died so that one is like okay we he disappeared and he could have anything could have happened yeah so him being live alive or dead you didn't show him getting killed hmm. we saw frank irving die and then an episode later, he's not dead. Yeah. Here's what I will say regarding our new structure of the show, which is let's just uh, handle all the escape demons from purgatory until we run out of episodes. Uh, I think that it's, it is a way of setting up, setting up the next season, which will have a large time jump. I do want to say, uh, to to take back a little bit of what I said, Amy Gonzalez points out that they never said it was the Moloch Apocalypse. They just said apocalypse. It could just be straight up Satan. Like Moloch could have just been the little bad. Yeah. Satan could be the big bad. Was he not supposed to be just Satan? He isn't no, Satan. He isn't Satan. He's okay. a completely different person. He's a yeah. completely different demon. Yeah. Yeah, he's not Satan. What I would like to see is like some other kind of big demon, big bad that we haven't seen before. I want to see our other two horsemen. Yeah. I want to see Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That'd be a twist. Yeah, it would be a twist. Um, Cthulhu is actually the big bad. Yeah, I watched the crap out of that, and it just Cthulhu has been has been su- subtly pushing people on different el- different pl- parts of this plane in purgatory, in hell, in heaven, and he's been manipulating us this entire time from across space in another dimension, and he's just gonna rip existence open at the end of season six and then it's just gonna be season seven fighting cthulhu that's my personal choice but i know that won't be the case um i also think we now have uh we now have our angel friend from last episode as a potential big bad for the end of this season uh which is fine I kind of liked him. I like him, Orion. Yeah, I, he's I interesting. Like him. He's I like interesting. his 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 viewpoint. It's another like like that's the thing. Moloch as a villain, scary but not but very one dimensional. Exactly. <laughs> and sadly, Henry very very kind of one dimensional. Just regardless of all the attempts to paint him as something otherwise, he's a boring, dry villain because he's just making plots to piss off his parents. He just wants to see everything burn. And regardless of his backstory, his goal is not interesting. To bring about the end of the world is so final, it's hard to invest in that journey. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So having a guy... Unless you get something out of it. Which Orion does. Yeah. Which is, I want to remake the Earth so that no evil can exist. Yeah. But to do that, I will wipe out millions of innocent people. <laughs> that is a, that's a villain I can get behind. I mean, yeah. that's the classic, like, God is done with the Earth and he is like, oh, these people are terrible. I might as well scorch the Earth and start Start again. over. Yeah. And then we get God, the Devil, and Bob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your name is Adam. <laughs> Adam. 
God, I hate when they're so young. <laughs> I mean, me, I hate when they're so young. They don't even talk. <sighs> it's going to be a boring couple of years. <laughs> but you're right. But, like, it, destroying the Earth is, like, not a... Unless we know the reason for it, mm-hmm. it's not a great motivation. No, yeah. it's not. Um, um, like, I guess Moloch wants to invade. He wants purgatory. You Like, I guess it's, like, manifest destiny. Yeah. It's like, we're going to expand into that realm because it's there. Yeah. Just like Ichabod's like, uh, I'm going to stay married to my wife because she's here. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just. Can we do something the, interesting, please, Sleepy Hollow? The other thing is, please. I mean, I don't know. I can I kind of don't. I, I kind of like the addition, the idea that Ichabod is always wearing his clothes, his old timey timey clothes, and now that Katrina has moved out of old timey timey clothes, I'm like, I feel like it's. Clothes, clothing choices on shows are part of an identity. And so if we're going to have her make these choices to change her clothes, why isn't it like her motivation or her personality or different things about her changing? Because she made a huge jump from wearing her period clothing to wearing modern clothing. It's a huge jump. It's a big thing. And we see Ichabod really struggle with it. So what is happening internally to her that she is not? And that's not coming across on camera. Yeah, especially considering that she's having more trouble adjusting to society than he he is at this moment because he's used to society. Yeah, I thought it worked. Her wardrobe worked last week. Because it was like this, like sort of natural evolution of witch clothing. Like she still had the corset and like long sleeves, and like it wasn't. She was wearing more. She was wearing pants instead of like a big dress, but that's also functional. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, men's clothing, like yes, there's like di- differences in like the neckwear and things, and like the jacket's a little bit of a different cut. But ultimately, if I saw that guy walking down the street, I wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah, here's here's. The thing, and I think I'm speaking for all Sleepy Hollow fans, but maybe that's just how I am all the time, where I think I'm speaking for all Sleepy Hollow fans. I would like to see the form get broken and more risks get taken. Yes. If we had an episode that was entirely from Katrina's perspective, where she really got to save the freaking day, and we also got to really empathize with her, I think that we would buy into that relationship a lot more. If we, like... A risky, different kind of episode. If you're trying to play in the Buffy leagues, if you're trying to play in the Buffy game, you gotta step up that Buffy game, and you gotta do something interesting with your episode structure and with the kinds of twists you intend to make. That, I, don't, I mean, not to harp on Buffy all the time, but it's like, that's what it was known for. The reason that people know that show so well is because it took all those risks. It had an entire episode where nobody spoke. Yep. It had an entire episode without music. It had had um it had an episode with singing and dancing singing the and exact dancing. opposite it had an it had an episode where reality got rewritten including the opening title sequence yes. so that Danny Strong was like the hero of this universe yes. <laughs> and then what which is that i mean that's a, another show where they 
fudge with perspective, but um, the episode there's an episode called the Zeppo, which is one of my favorite, which is entirely from Xander's perspective, perspective. away from the majority of like what they were fighting and fighting something completely different. Is a lot of shows do that, especially ensemble shows. Like Mm -hmm. I've been rewatching House recently, like just House MD, not a not a crazy sci-fi show by any means, but they'll occasionally do an episode from. Lisa Cuddy's perspective or Dr. Wilson's perspective because getting another character's perspective on your characters is a great way to learn about your characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem with Sleepy Hollow is like, and that the, the worries me that they're like, oh, well, people don't want to see serialization. It's like, they're not, it doesn't sound like they want to take big swings. And the best shows are the ones where you're like, oh, I see what you're setting up. That's going to be a really cool, for a few episodes, and oh my god, you destroyed it! That's great TV. You know, you know what's interesting is uh, they're downplaying, they're playing up this idea that oh, we have to have people tune in every week. But if you do something that creates a buzz, people like you did last season, like you did last season, like you did, like not they did, but like, and I know this is cable, but Breaking Bad. It was like Breaking Bad took a while to pick onto, but once it got a buzz, it was unstoppable because it was different mm-hmm. and. That's how season one was of this show. Because people were like, whoa, you like you did things that we haven't seen or we haven't seen in a while. And now it's like, okay, now that we have the audience, you're trying to keep them by not doing anything. And it's like, you can't do that as a TV show. People aren't going to stay and reward you for doing nothing. Yeah, it needs to progress. It needs to move forward. Um, I think what I want to see is I want to see Headless as our as a more central villain mm-hmm. where they didn't just stumble upon a painting as good as my, as good as it was I don't want them to have stumbled upon a painting I want Headless to have planted that painting yes. to send a minion to plant it in an attempt to get at them yes that's what I think the show needs to be. It needs to be the thing where, like, we have all these little pieces moving. And maybe we're going there. Maybe they're going to surprise me at the end of the season that all these pieces have been orchestrated by Headless. But if it's not that... I'm going to be frustrated, and it's going to feel cheap and slow. It's not that. I'm sorry, buddy. It's just not going to be. I still do like the idea, though, of being entrapped in a painting. It was very visually interesting. Mm -hmm. It was, like, thematically interesting. I love the hangman. There was a lot of good stuff this week. It's just the show that is disappointing. Well, it's like we went last year, and again, like in the article I was reading, they were like, well, last year was less serialized. I don't know if we were all not watching the same show, Mm -hmm. but last year was very serialized. It's this year that's kind of gotten away from that. Being serialized does not mean you can't have monsters that last one episode. It's just about the plot lines that follow around it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what a good... And it was, yeah. yeah, the continual discovery... Of their roles as witnesses and the plot to bring about the Horsemen of War, laying in elements that then all coalesced in a in a stunning finale, and just thirteen episodes. It, it never go yes. beyond thirteen episodes. It's if you can't handle it, don't do it. It's Sleepy Hollow. Like look at that. Look at the image that's sitting behind us. And if you're listening, it's an image. It's the Sleepy Hollow logo where the O in Hollow, the second one, has been replaced with Headless's head, which is missing. There's a big O. That's what Sleepy, the legend of Sleepy Hollow is about. The Headless Horseman. And I know that it doesn't have to be all about him, but he is what I tune in for. Yeah. I want more axes being swung. I want more heads being chopped off. 
All right, since uh, since we've been doing predictions this whole time, and that's effectively <laughs> like a like a want, Jackie. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I just, I mean, I think I'm echoing the things you guys are saying. I want, I want it to be serialized. I like finding, and I want to have more flashbacks where we find nuggets of the past that makes that that makes sense with the present in a way that it ties into the greater narrative. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, folks, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the Sleepy Hollow After Show. Um, the show will return with the next all-new episode, I believe, next week. Uh, and we're getting a special guest at the end of the season. A special guest yeah. at the end of the season who, uh, can we announce it yet? I think we could. I don't see why not. Booked. We, she's booked. We, it's yeah. confirmed. Lindy Greenwood, who plays Jenny Mills, will be on this show at the end of the season. February 17th. Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars is very exciting. Uh, I got a lot of tweets this week uh, asking where I was last week, and I just wanted to clear things up while I'm here. Uh, unfortunately, due to my increasingly crazy schedule, I'm not able to do this show consistently, um, and I've chosen to back out. And I'm I'm sorry that I didn't tell anyone ahead of time, that I didn't tell the audience, you guys are amazing, and you've been amazing watching and listening to this show forever. And everyone else, all the folks on this panel, Jackie and Zach and Steve, are amazing, and they're going to continue to give you amazing coverage of this show and I will try to pop in from time to time. Jackie, where can the people find you? At 123Jackie underscore B on Twitter. At 123JackieB all one word on Instagram. Jackie is J-A-C-Q-U-E. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N Bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Grim Helix with Mr. Matt Lieberman over mm-hmm. there. Bunch more coming up. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, and and please continue to treat them with the utmost respect and love that I know that you have, sleepyheads. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N here on AfterBuzz TV talking about Helix Banshee and the upcoming uh, Helix Banshee and the upcoming Better Call Saul. Uh, you can find my YouTube channel YouTube.com slash Matthew D. Lieberman source-fed and source-fed nerd. Thank you all so much for joining us. Back next week. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz night, sleepyheads! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.